0: She's had a successful career as a celebrity makeup artist for TV and film, but the recent pandemic gave her the opportunity to pursue her true passion, helping others live purposeful and rewarding lives. Please welcome Song Lopez. I'm Artwork Girl, and this is Business for Self-Employed Creatives. I've been on many sets with you over the years, watching you help people look their best. Now you're working more on helping people live and feel their best. So I want to focus more on that. But first, I'm curious if there are any parallels between the two. Why or how did you become a makeup artist in the first place?
1: Well, just like you said, um, I didn't know at the time, but I am a helper. I'm somebody who likes to take care of people. You know, I grew up taking care of my brothers and sisters. And I think that it naturally came to me very easily. And so becoming a makeup artist was always going to be something I did because it's not something that I ever dreamt of doing. I never grew up thinking, oh, I'm going to be a makeup artist. So it was just something, you know, I was a teenager and I wasn't allowed to wear makeup. So I would go to school and I would put it on with my, use my friend's makeup and then wash it off before I got home. And I think this after a while, everyone's like, oh, will you do my makeup? I was just gifted at it. It was just natural for me. And uh, so that's kind of how I got started in it. My school, high school friends, and then they were getting married and I was doing their weddings and they were like, you should do this for a living. And I thought people do this for a living. You know, I lived in Washington. I wasn't living in LA, in Hollywood where this was normal. I wanted to be a veterinarian or a firefighter teacher, you know, helping that way. But then I looked up in the uh, Seattle times back in the day when we used to look for jobs in the newspaper. And there was a job for a makeup artist at one of the salon and spas in Seattle. I auditioned for it, brought one of my girlfriends that I always did makeup on, and they hired me and sent me through their own training. And the rest is pretty much history when it comes to that. It wasn't something I thought I was going to do.
0: It's one of the most underrated parts of production, in my opinion. And there are so many times when, even pre-pandemic, people don't book a makeup artist. We were just talking before about how it can be uncomfortable to be in front of the camera. I've made my career behind the camera, which is very much in my comfort zone. So anytime I'm doing something, I'm conscious of it where I'm not too self-conscious about my appearance and I don't care if my hair is perfect and all of that, but there is an intimidation factor when the camera's on. And if you're talking about a commercial, a film, anything like that, these people are going to be aware of that and they want to look their best but i think it goes beyond just putting the makeup on their faces because you're also kind of part therapist and you help people in a lot of ways while also making them look better
1: there are a lot of moving parts when it comes to being a makeup artist i think a lot of people have the idea that you put makeup on and then you go sit in your corner but there's so much to be done and i think it is exactly what you said. There's so many times where I'm getting hired at the last minute as a makeup artist. And then, you know, they're throwing, oh, well we have this look and do you have this? And I was like, how was I not part of the pre-production and told about this, you know? So makeup artists today like have to be ready to produce things being thrown at them at all times. So when the talent comes in that room, prior to them coming in that room, I've been talking to producers, I've been talking to the writers, the directors, and, you know, there's just so much information that you're taking on. And then you get the talent that sits in the chair, they're nervous, or they haven't read their script, or there's just a slew of emotions going on with them. And so trying to make sure they feel comfortable in what I'm doing with them, plus doing what the director writer wants, plus making sure that they're like, well, I don't like this. I want glitter. And you're like, well, we can't really have glitter, you know, and. So it there's, it's a very intense job that you need to be able to make fast moves within 30 to 45 minutes of getting them done, depending on how much time. So I always just say like, you have to be a quick thinker. You have to be able to calm the talent, build them up, make them feel amazing, you know, and still make the client happy. So I agree with you
0: they need to feel like you're looking out for them. And whether it's you're jumping in before they start shooting because the hair is out of place or any of those things, you're kind of there on their behalf because you make them look good. And then that helps the client too. But you don't generally, unfortunately, get all the respect that might be deserved for that. I know several makeup artists and that's always the thing. It's like, man, we, we do not understand sometimes what this would be without you (laughs) so as a producer I appreciate you
1: (laughs) thank you so much and I appreciate that you understand you know like what we go through when we have talent sitting in our chair and we are on set making sure that they look good I always like I call it like the mama on set you're like the mama or the uh right hand of the talent we're a team wherever they go I'm with them you know, and we're constantly touching them up and making them feel calm. But is when while we're doing that, it also makes them go, Oh, I know I'm looking my best because somebody's got eyes on me. So there's a confidence for them that happens, which is is unparalleled. I mean you can't you can't get that. You can't just send them out there and be like, Oh yeah, you look fine. I don't know how
0: many times.
1: But <laughs> it doesn't feel good. You know, you're like, I do, do I look okay? You know, and it is underrated, I believe.
0: The first time I got headshots done, it was when I started an old job and the owner at the time, they wanted to put this press release in the paper. And so they had us go do these headshots. And I don't know what the person was thinking because I'm very much, I'm very expressive where I know where my comfort is. I'm not a person who wears a lot of makeup, but if you need me to look better for this, that's fine, but we can't go overboard. And this person, I don't know, they put bronzer or something that made me a different color and like piled this black makeup onto my face. It was so uncomfortable. And I did not, they put on lipstick. I haven't worn lipstick since I was in high school and it just, it didn't, when I saw the photos, they didn't look like me, not just because of the makeup, but also I was so uncomfortable and I didn't feel that there was anybody listening to me and they just wanted me to be what they wanted me to be. And so much of this, And you as a person, and I think this is what we have in common, we care about people and it's sometimes we're observing, but we're picking up on things and learning who somebody is and what's going to make them or help them be their best. If we can have anything to do with it, that's the part. It is a bit psychology that's not necessarily a job requirement, but I've I've always been fascinated with people. That's why I do this podcast, because then I get to talk to people like you about interesting things.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, I agree with you. I I always tell people, you know, like, well, how do you um, what do you do when, you know, you're this close to a person and and how are you know, and it's kind of intimate and stuff. And I said, you know what, I walk in that room and I read the room, I read their energy, I try and figure out where their heads at. So I know how to respond, you know, not react, respond, because at the end of the day, they're going to be in front of camera and I need to make them feel comfortable. I need to make them feel confident. You know, whatever they got going on, I need to absorb that and give them confidence. So we are absorbing, you know, as makeup artists, a lot of the insecurities, the stress, um, energetically. So I always say when I get home, I'm just like drained because I've taken on all their anxiety and insecurities. And then I'm using all my energy to be like, hey, get in their head and be like, you're amazing. There's a reason why you got this job and reframe their narrative that they've got going on in their head at that moment.
0: And also it, was, it just makes sense for business because then they like the job that you did and they're gonna call you for the next one. And that's how you build a loyal client base. Exactly.
1: And the same thing goes for, you know, when you're getting booked on these jobs and you're talking, You as a makeup artist, you wanna be easy to work with, you, you know? I, I believe I see so many artists because in this field, artists are very, um, well, I'm an artist. I can dress the way I want. I can have my hair the way I want. And that's fine and all. But when I go to a corporate job, I'm a lot more buttoned up. You know, I've got my jacket on. I've got, you know, everything is just a little more tailored. If I'm doing like a film set, I'm probably in something that's, you know, we're outside at Valley of Fire Then I'm in you know, clothes that are more casual for like hiking and and being cool, you know, but sometimes you have these artists who are like, they want to dress regardless of who's sitting in the chair and they're revealing and they're distracting and they kind of become the show, if you will.
0: I have been on set with some of those.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and I always tell when I mentor makeup artists, I was like, look, it's not about you. This isn't about you. This isn't about how you feel about something. It's really about." Coming together as a team, trying to decipher what a male director or, or or creator is trying to tell a female how he wants her to look. It's really quite funny when they're like, "Oh, you know, I just want that one look," and it's kind of like, and you're like, "Oh, like a smoky eye." Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, yeah." And then you do it. He goes, "No, that's not it at all." And you're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> it's a lot of of that mental game though too, and so I think like with makeup artists a good makeup artist will go in there and take away all their personal feelings and views about how they feel about something and say, we're a team. We all want to go home today. We want to make sure everyone is, you know, good for the shot. And yeah, it's a, it's, that's how I feel. At least that's how I like to run my business. I want to be an easy person to work with. So like, you know what, that last makeup artist song was really She was Johnny on the spot. She, anything I changed, she was really amazing at just letting, you know, it be because there's a lot of artists who are combative because like, well, I, I disagree with you. And it's like, you know, they're difficult to work with.
0: The best way to get more business is to be easy to work with. I think that in all capacities, no matter what your job is, it's just, we're all people. And we want to work with people who are going to do good work, but are also going to be fun to work with and make it easier for us. Seems like common sense.
1: (laughs) It's almost like coachable, right? When you look at kids or, you know, who are a part of a team, the ones that are coachable are going to be the ones that actually do better, that work well with people that are a team player. The ones that are not coachable tend to be, you know, the ones where they're sitting on, you know, they're not even able to learn very well because they're just not receptive to uh, opening their mindset of different possibilities because they're stuck on one thing. So I think just being coachable is a big big thing when you're on set
0: that is a good one you know you've used your creative talents in other areas of business too i know you've done some custom makeup and some jewelry do you seek out those opportunities to create more revenue streams for when production is slow or did they come to you because of the other work you were doing being an entrepreneur
1: and a freelancer i'm always looking for opportunities to build a, a business in any f- fashion. And I actually searched out this makeup line because I I wanted to align with the makeup line company that I believed in that was, you know, because I was promoting all these other makeup lines and I do know how the makeup companies work. You know, I mean, Estee Lauder owns the majority, you know, there's like two big companies that own most of the products. And I wanted to find products that were um, non-communogenic that were cruelty free, um, that I could actually represent and share and build relationships. Cause that's what it's about. It's about building a relationship, but I would buy this makeup and like, well, where are you getting this from? And then, you know, you send them off to the store. You're not getting paid for it. You're not, you know, so for me, I searched out this particular company because I, um, used to do custom blend foundations when I worked at the salon, my first job in Seattle. And I thought, this is amazing because so many people have a hard time matching their foundations and I have skincare in there. I do color correction. There's not a makeup line out there that you could just walk up and say, Hey, can you color correct me? I'm really right in the face. I've got a little purpling. I'm like, Oh yeah, let me add some green. Let me add some yellow. Oh, you want skincare? I'll put copper peptides in there. I'll put, you know, um, smoothing, you know, whatever BB cream. I can do all that sunscreen. You can't get that custom blend right at a makeup counter. So, and not any person is one skin tone. It's very rare. There's a couple of people out there that's the beige or the porcelain or the, you know, tan, but most of them need to have two bottles, a light and a dark that they can mix. And there's even no color correction or skincare in it. So for me, that was going back home is the way I would like to put it. So I aligned with it three years ago. And from there, I make custom one foundations. Um, I can do it on video um, face-to-face and have them send photos. I've done that and uh or they can come to me here in las vegas so yeah i'm an entrepreneur i'm always <laughs> looking for opportunities
0: yeah which, which i love because you see a need out there you're doing all this work for makeup so obviously you're very close to it but you see that human need because that's i i know very little about makeup like i said i don't wear a lot of it and i have the nearly glow in the dark skin tone. It's been since the pandemic when I'm never outside. Now it's basically translucent. I know very little about it. And I'm also very particular about the cruelty-free aspect. I have very sensitive skin. So I generally just go without it because everything I've tried doesn't work. So the idea of being able to go to somebody and say, Hey, You will get to know me and provide me with that custom solution. I think that's a a really smart business move for you that allows you to still stay in your wheelhouse, but expand beyond it. Because what I find, there are a lot of people, and I've I've said this before, they do their work freelance, but then they let that limit them. And it's like, oh, well, I'm just a freelancer and I'm not running a business, but you are running a business. You obviously take that further and you run your makeup business, but you also have the entrepreneurial spirit and you find other opportunities instead of just letting yourself be limited to, oh, I do makeup because you do so much more than that.
1: And I think that a lot of times makeup artists, what I've been finding as I've, you know, talked to fellow artists and just saying it's um, makeup artists, being a makeup artist should be what you do, not who you are. Um, so I'm really trying to detach the, oh, you know, like people are like, who are you? I'm a makeup artist. I really don't like to be known as just like a makeup artist. I like to be known as somebody who does makeup. And somebody who's knowledgeable about it and has their own makeup line and, you know, but as far as being that as my identity, that was the biggest thing of my growth is to not monetize on my soul, on my life, you know, and being like, that's my identity. Cause for a long time, that's how I looked at it. Like, I felt like that was the end all be all. And I am a makeup artist. I'm a freelance makeup artist working in film and TV. And, you know, it's like, what else do you do? Who else are you, you know? So I think being a makeup artist should be something that should be looked at as like, this is what I do, but then this is who I am, you know, which goes deeper than that.
0: Absolutely. And it's a, a perfect segue to my next question because. Well, look at that. This pandemic came along and wiped out production for a while. Even now, it's slowly coming back, but there are still a few challenges, smaller crews, so that sometimes means, oh, we're not going to hire a makeup artist. But you've taken this time to really evaluate a lot of things in your life. Like you just said about not being defined by one thing or not letting makeup be your identity. So what have you learned about yourself in this process?
1: Well, 2020 was the best year of my personal growth life. I am in so much gratitude for the pause that 2020 brought. Under those circumstances, I decided to um, take and invest 100% into my personal growth, looking in the mirror, being in solitude, stop distracting myself, you know, from myself because that's what I was doing with makeup for I was constantly on set I was constantly working 15 hour days five days you know how production works and then you get home and you're just exhausted you just want to sit and veg out for a few days I mean my veg outs would be a few days because I was just so exhausted emotionally mentally physically because it's a taxing job you know standing over somebody for 10 hours doing makeup or you know on sets walking and you know slowing down and then going and you know all that stuff so i don't i kind of went through a uh, an awakening i guess if you will by my personal growth and now i am here to share that with people because i have healed i started healing my traumas i started to sit in my past and start healing those things you know for the longest time I think that humans, we think like, oh yeah, that's in the past, no big deal, it, it's all good, but there's a lot of trauma that goes to, through some of the things. It, it could even be like, you know, abandonment when you were little that you didn't even realize when you're in a relationship, like, why why isn't he like me? Then, then you're starting to run your your trauma through your relationship instead of healing that. And just because when you were four years old, your parents left you know, for a few days and then came back, but then you were kind of scarred from that. But I was like, oh, toughen up. You're okay. But literally you, something happened at that age that you didn't heal from. And now it's carried you into your thirties and forties. And when you get in relationships, so that's just an example, you know? Uh, So for me, I started facing all those um, because when I sat down and thought about what was really going on, it was daunting. I quarantined alone. I You know, my career ended in, my 25-year career ended in one day. It's like, we're in lockdown today. And hindsight 2020, it's like, at the time, I thought the world was ending. You know, being single in my house alone, two cats and two dogs. And I was like getting camping meals and solar powered generators just to protect myself. I just wanted to be that Girl Scout that was prepared, right? Thankfully, I didn't have to use it but that didn't feel good. My whole point was, is like, I was sitting there. I was like, so in my head about it in my head, going, creating all these problems that weren't real. I was going, Oh, well, what if this happens? And what about this? And then it just would have me sitting on the couch in just fear and, and anxiety and depression. And so then it clicked very quickly into the very beginning of the pandemic. I started, um, putting, to, I put up a day together. I started being creative, putting a workout thing. I was documenting it. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to make TikToks. And I started to uh, play. So I started to play. I started to do my hair and makeup every day. I started to wear clothes that I would have never worn just for myself around the house. And that's when I started to realize when you get out of your head and you get into your body and you get into creative play and creative flow, then magic happens you know the highest form of research and learning is playing when we were kids we you know kids would play for hours putting that little i I like to use this as an example as kids those little shapes you know the triangles you put in the holes and the holes in the you know but kids would sit there for hours just trying to make these little things fit but they're that's kind of meditation that's playing and while they're doing that they're learning and they're not worried about problems and they're not worried about the worldly things so you know, i always encourage people it's like let's go back to that let's go back to playing through the day instead of looking at dishes being daunting you know i started putting music on and i go and i started reframing that narrative. i get to do the dishes i get to not i have to there's a there's a there's a, there's a balance there's something that happens in your body and in your mind when you say i have to do this there's a resistance but when you say i get to it's it feels better So I started going into like, what feels good when I say these things? What feels good when I do things? And that's kind of how I live my life now, 24 hours at a time and turning everything into play versus having to do something.
0: So many people look outward for the solution instead of that inward thing, because it's scary to go inside that solitude. Most people don't want it. They wanna fill it with things. They wanna fill it with people, with noise, as the introvert that I am, I need my solitude. That's very important. But my whole life, I've always thought, well, I need to get to know who I am. That self-awareness is very important. If I don't know who I am, then I'm not really any good to anybody else. And I've had many friends throughout the years that just, whether it's hopping from one relationship to the next or one job to the next, it's always in search of something outside that will fix them but they never want to slow down i shouldn't say never they rarely want to slow down to look at themselves and what am i doing to create this life for myself am i focusing on all of the negative things and am i worrying for no reason instead of saying i get to am i saying i have to and this is all bad and i'm worried about this and i'll never be able to do that we place all these limitations on ourselves instead of okay well this is what's happening right now what are what are the opportunities out there what solutions can I find or create and get yourself out of there because none of us have to be stuck in any feeling we don't want to Where I think it's important to acknowledge your feelings and they are all valid no matter what they are but instead of focusing on the negative In whatever situation and i know there are very hard situations 2020 was a rough year for a lot of people in a lot of ways but i always look to find one positive thing that i can take away from anything even the worst possible situation that i've encountered in my life i will find a positive thing that's not to say oh it's great that that person died but i can find something good we had all this time together before that or something but it's conscious but also subconscious Informing those habits to think positively and say, "Okay, well, this might not be the best right now. How can I make it the best?"
1: Oh, I oh my gosh, you said so many things. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Um, I think that um, our mindsets, you know, like you even said, it's like you try and find a positive about out of anything. And, and when I was starting to tell people, 2020 was such an incredible year. I wanted to normalize that because a lot of people felt shameful for being happy that they got the pause. Um, A lot of people felt shameful, you know, because other families had deaths and things like that. Now, I'm not saying I'm glad the pandemic happened. I'm not saying I'm glad COVID happened. What I am saying is exactly what you were saying. I found the positive and that's what I'm going to focus on. And all those people who want to look and shut down on me for saying 2020 is the best year of my life. That just goes to show where your mindset is because you made a decision to choose that it was the worst year of your life. And I think that the collective out there seems to like, you know, misery loves company as they say, I'm sure there's a better term for that, but you want to be relatable, right? So it's like following the herd when somebody's like oh yeah i had such a bad year what do most yeah me too you know you kind of want to agree and feel part of something so to be a person to stand up and say i loved it for me my personal growth not for the worldly things that happened, but for me personally it was exactly what i needed you know was that pause and i realized that i was constantly running from myself, whether it was jumping from relationship to relationship, like you had said, or over shopping, I was drinking it away. I was eating it away. I was relationshiping it away. I was sleeping it away, whatever it was. But once you take and go inside and you start figuring out who you are, it's a game changer. Nobody can tell you who you are. Nobody, you know, before I'd be like, Oh yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe that is how I am because you're not sure you haven't taken that time to find out who you are. And solitude has been the biggest gift. I don't think people understand people are like, Oh, I feel so sorry for you you're all alone. A lot of people message me like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm good. Are you okay? You're the one that's married and keeps talking about how miserable you are. I'm really okay.
0: I do know. I get that one quite a bit. I have one one person that I know who has a lot of kids and a lot of animals and no time alone. And one said that she pities me because I have no one to share my life with. And I thought, no, I have plenty of people to share my life with at my discretion and when I choose to. And to me that works out pretty well. It's not to say that I'm not open to a relationship or having somebody else to share my life with in that sense, but I don't define myself by any of that. When people say, we you were talking before about how do you define yourself? I never say, "Oh, I'm single" because that to me is kind of irrelevant to who I am as a person.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and like you said, you know, um you're not opposed to having either, but what happens when you are able to be in solitude, not only are you a clear thinker and not only do you value yourself, you become a high value person with your soul. And I've noticed for me, like I used to let, I used to call my imaginary dinner table. I would invite everyone over to my dinner table. Anybody could sit at my table. I mean, they were backstabbers. They were jealous people. They were, you know, all kinds. I, I just wanted a lot of friends. Cause I think that made me feel like I was somebody, but really as I've, I don't know what the word, I'm not loving to use the word elevated. but as I've grown and as I've found out who I am, the less people I'd rather have a, a bulk around. I want more quality. And I, I really, and in those people that are around me that are my quality people are understand me. They know when I check out, they know when I set those boundaries, um, the way that they communicate with me. I mean, it is the best relationships I've ever had because you're teaching people how to treat you because you know who you are and you don't need them to be around. So you're not just saying, yes, you're actually going, you know, I just need the day to myself or not today. How about next week or before? I'm like, yes, 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 because I constantly needed to somebody to like me and I wanted, didn't want to let anybody down. You know, there's all those insecurities that come with having a bunch of friends. And when you don't know yourself,
0: you have to honor yourself first. And I think that's the problem with people are worried about being selfish. And I don't think selfish is a negative thing when you're not intentionally hurting somebody else. There's, is that level, if you're doing whatever you want at the expense of other people that's not okay. But when you're taking care of yourself and saying, I'm tired right now because I just worked a week of 12 hour days and I'm exhausted. So I need to go sit on the couch for a couple of days and not be social. I need that for me without worrying that you're insulting somebody because they invited you to go do something and you're not up for it. But then agreeing to do it anyway, and then being miserable and then nobody has a good time anyway, because you didn't honor yourself. You were trying to make somebody else happy and then nobody wins. (laughs) But I've, I've always tried to reclaim selfish that there is a certain point where you have to take care of yourself. You are the only person who will be with you for 100% of your life.
1: You know, that's the thing is when you say yes to somebody, you're actually saying no to yourself, you know, because you're not. So making sure that when you do say yes to somebody, it's something that you're like, okay, I'm willing to give up my time. Time is something nobody gets back. You cannot make more time. You can make more money. Right. And also the people that you have in your life, if they're going to be upset and not honor you because you don't feel like going out, then you need to do your checks and balances because those people, the reason why they're upset is because they need to fill something up within themselves. And they're putting that pressure on you. Okay. So a lot, when people get upset, this is what I'm talking about. When people are like, well, she's not going to go. She never goes. And it's like, but if you're really a friend and you really love yourself and you really understand where I'm coming from, but you're also good in solitude, you would understand. It's the ones who keep running from themselves, who keep wanting to latch onto somebody to take their energy or to take their time to fill a void for them. Because my friends, no, not today. You know, and one of the things like that, I said last year, all my motto last year is I'm growing. My friends would call me like, girl, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm growing. And they're like, oh, okay. Okay. Right. Because what happens when somebody asks you what you're doing? What, like, what do you, oh, I did the dishes. You you start naming all the chores and then you start thinking, oh. Or you start making up stuff. I know I have in the past, like to make me sound so busy. It was just an organic, like I felt guilty, you know, because my friend is so busy and I'm over here like, well, uh, geez, I sat on the couch for I did dishes, I did the laundry, but also it's not a good place to be. If you're somebody who wanted to sit on the couch for a few hours, you felt guilt, you feel guilty about when somebody asks you, I don't know why, but seems to be this like, oh, I need to say something. So... I started to say I'm growing and my friends are like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. I and then she said to me, she goes, you know, I don't even know why I ask you that. I really don't. It's not that she doesn't care, but it was just an organic thing to say. She goes, I just wanted to see if you would, if you were okay to talk is why I said, what are you doing? And I said, well, if I wasn't okay to talk, I wouldn't answer my phone. I kid you not. That never comes out of any of my friends' mouths anymore. They go right into it. I mean, not only are we saving time and we're not, we're cutting back the small talk, but I taught them. By my response, and I was so confident in it, you know. And so now they just call me like, hey, girl, this is what's going on. Da, da, da. I'm like, cool. And then this year's motto so, last year's, I'm growing. And this year, because I wake up between 3 30 and 4 every morning, and I'm at the gym by 5 30, and I get this all the time. Like, I'm out with friends, so I'm like, hey, I got to go home now, you know, it's my bedtime is usually eight, but it's like 9 30, o'clock. I already stayed out way past. I'm like, come on, you, can, you don't have to go tomorrow. Why, why do you have to do it tomorrow? I go, because it's my identity. Boom. That's it. When they say, well, why, oh, well, why do you get up so early? And I go, because it's who I am. It's my identity. And so that's my motto this year. So it really cuts to the chase. Like, and, and then everyone's like, wow, really cool. I respect that. But if I didn't know who I was and why I was doing it, I'd be like, oh, you know, I got to work out. Oh, well, who cares tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, I guess, I guess I don't have to go tomorrow. That's what I did for years. Because I wanted to hang out with my friends, but when you know who you are and you know what you're about, it becomes part of your identity, but also keep in mind words are spells, right? So anytime you say something, you're casting spells. So I'm all about casting great spells. So when I say it's my identity, I'm imprinting. This is who I am every day and I'm growing every day. I've imprinted that all of 2020. I've imprinted it. This is my identity through 2021 is what I'm going to be doing. So I try and find a phrase of the year, if you will, is what I kind of started. So again, this goes back to knowing you and why you do what you do and being firm about who you are and people eat it up because it's just inspiring. You know, they're like, wow, okay, I'm down for that. I'm going to try and do that. I'm going to try that. And it's, it's cool. It's cool.
0: Yeah, if I could get people to stop asking me, how are you? I would be very happy. It's the one question that it's a family, well, and my brother and I both feel that way, because it's impossible to answer in a succinct manner. And most people don't really care for the actual answer. It's just that question, that throwaway question, and I'm not big on small talk. So I will usually just not answer it <laughs> and and give them the um, hint that I, I should find a better way to craft a response to that, that will get them to stop asking. I
1: might invent some uh, realist mental real estate into this one for you. So let me see if I can come up with something because I'm all about this, the way we communicate with people, you know, and teaching people how we like to be communicated to, you know? So I agree. Like, how are you? And this, Oh, so this is what I say. Well, yeah, I'll tell you what I say. So whenever someone um, asks me um, how I'm doing, I'm like, I'm magic. I'm magical. That's what I say, because I believe life is magical. So that is one thing I use constantly, like, Hey, have a magical day. Even when I'm in like having a hard day and my hard days are so different than a lot of people's hard days, you know, because I believe in sitting in my emotions. I believe in people like, why are you crying? Or I'm like, how are you today? I'm like, I-, I cried today. And they're like, you cry. Are you okay, girl? I'm like, yeah, girl. It was amazing. I go, when was the last time you cried? And they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, to me, crying's a massage for the soul. Just like you go to get massages and get the knots out of your body, crying should be normalized. And I cry every day. I try to, and if I if it's a couple of days, it's a release. It's an emotional release. It doesn't. Sometimes I cry out of pure joy, out of gratitude. The attitude of gratitude of just being like, oh, I'm so grateful for this very moment where I am completely being provided for. I'm I'm in gratitude, regardless the fact that my career ended regardless of all that stuff the attitude of gratitude was also the most important thing that i did in 2020 when i was growing i woke up every day in gratitude for that day to be able to create not and to play not to stress not to take it for granted to play and create that's what i would say blessings for this beautiful day to play and create
0: I think that's one of the most important things you can do as an entrepreneur though, because you say that your career ended and one facet of it has, or it's paused for now, but this time you took this time And instead of doing what a lot of people do which is embracing that glorification of busyness like oh i'm so important because i'm so busy but if you're so busy all the time are you really happy that's a a whole other thing there that i talk about quite a bit so i'm I'm sure people get tired of it but you took the time to be to rest to learn to grow and to figure out what's next so maybe your makeup career is paused for now maybe you're done with it maybe you aren't finding the fulfillment in it anymore because you know you're working as a life coach now is that accurate or what what is short and sweet with song what is that (laughs) sass sass
1: is my brand and it's a short and sweet with song because i am a sassy i do kind of come at people with like excitement and verve you know So I can be a little bit sassy when I interact with people. So, and I've been called sassy since I was a little girl. Everyone's like, "You're just so sassy." And I thought, "How can I brand something?" So, you know, just like you have Artvert Girl, there's there's a meaning behind that, and that's kind of how SASS came about. And through my healing, I had um, energy healers. That would come to my house, and um, when she came to me, she's like, "You're a goddess. I'm so honored to be here. This is who you are." And at first, I was laughing. I'm like, "Oh, a goddess? Okay, you know," because I was still growing into the person that I was becoming. And actually, I was—I'm growing into the person that I've always meant to be. How about that? Like, I'm stepping into—I'm deprogramming myself from all the programming I've had since I was a little girl, and I'm becoming the person I've always meant to be. And so. When she told me that, I was like, okay, well, then over the healings and over time, I really realized what that meant. You know, a goddess is a grower. A goddess is somebody who is constantly thriving to be herself, to give to others, to help others with her powers and and her mindset and her growth. And so then I became the sass goddess, short and sweet with song, and then goddess. And I want to encourage women to step into that goddess power and of growth, of being powerful, being confident in who they are. And so that's kind of how Sass Goddess came about. And I take it very seriously. And I'm so proud of it. I think the old version of me would be like, oh, I don't know. Because I kind of did that at first. But now it's like, you know, I have surrounded by really amazing, powerful women who remind me every day of who I am. And they encourage me to step into this. And it's just become this really inspirational Thing And so, and so then with the healing and growth that I've done, I started doing intuitive life coaching. So I talk to people, I help them take notice of their traumas, take notice of their mindsets, their masculine energy that they're living in. And I get into their minds and start tweaking it a little bit. Let's, let's change the narrative. Let's think of it this way. Let's start practicing this because if you go and work your body out, you're training it. Now let's train the mind. Your mind's been weak because you've been training it to think negatively because you've been talking the narrative you've been running every day has just been depressing and sad and anxiety. But I have to live that example too, because they're looking at me like, well, you said this. And, you, and so while well, I love it, so I love being around people who call me out too, who teach me and tell me, but you're, you're this person that does this. And I want to, I want people, even when I'm having my baddies, I'm human you know, I have bad days too. And when I have friends going, using my stuff on me, I was like, I love you. Thank you. I needed the reminder too. So, you know, I try and teach, uh, changing their mindsets, but also recognizing that they're literally walking through their relationship with themselves, their relationship with their children, their relationship with their husbands through their traumas. And until you heal those traumas, You're going to have a really difficult time cultivating these really authentic relationships because you're not in your authentic place. The hardest work anyone will ever do, it's not parenting. It's not being a good daughter or son. It's not being a good coworker or not being a good boss. The hardest job there ever is out there is the work that you're going to do on yourself because most people would rather shop it away, rather eat it away, drink it away, gamble it away because there's a multitude of different things to do all day long that can make you avoid yourself. And people are doing that. And so, and until you are able to just say, you know what, I'm not going to go gambling tonight. I'm going to sit in my space. I'm going to sit in my emotions. I'm going to cry it out. I'm going to figure it out. Some people need guidance through it. Some people, and that's what I'm here for. And it's all, and when I say intuitive is because things come to me organically just by having a conversation. So it's not like, when I talk to you, it's going to be the same program as the next person. And it's all up to them how long it takes them, right? So somebody's like, well, how long is this going to take? I'm like, that's up to you. What are you doing when I'm not with you? Are you practicing the things just like you would if you were going to the gym and working out? Or are you doing it for your mind? And are you crying? And is it for your emotions? You know, people are like, oh, well, I'm just really trying to get it together here. I'm like, get what together? Well, I've just had a really bad day. And I'm like, okay, you. it's okay not to be okay, did you cry? Well, no, I tried to keep it together. I'm like, no, that's not what we're doing here. I want you to cry. I want you to throw a fit. I want you to stop being strong. And I want you to get into your body and your emotions and let it out.
0: It's like your custom makeup only for the soul <laughs> more. So like you're giving them customized solutions. So much of this, you're talking about lives, but it relates to business in the fact that business is run by humans. And so all of this ties together, you're allowed to change your mind. So even if you've been working towards one career for 25 years and you decide that's not for you anymore, you're allowed to do that. It's allowing yourself to be in those emotions or in that space that allows you to be authentic because authenticity is a big theme for a lot of businesses because We're in this time now where people do want to connect with the people who are running the brand, not just the product or the service, because we want to be aligned with people who are more like us. So that authenticity, you can't have that if you're denying who you are or trying to be someone else because this person had success doing this, so I better do that and then I'll be successful too, but that way might not work for you. And where you're talking about custom solutions It's the same thing because there's so many courses and coaches and everything else out there. Right now, I feel like since the pandemic, everybody is a coach, but a lot of people are looking for that easy solution. They don't wanna do the work. They just want you to tell me how I can fix my life in a short period of time so I can have all these things that I want, but you can't get any of that. I don't think you can get any level of success in your business, in your personal life, in your relationships if you aren't willing to do the work.
1: I agree. And, and you're you're 100% right. Like I had to let go of ego, of caring what people thought, caring what my peers thought, caring with with people that I grew up with or went to school with or whatever, you know? So it was really like being vulnerable and, and not caring because we tend to carry on this ego persona that we, we put up the shell of who we are. But really... I'm an emotional being and I'm an empath and, you know, I used to carry around this hard shell, this tough cookie of don't mess with me. If you mess with me, you know, you're really going to get it or whatever. You know I mean? I was, I had my moments, you know, even in the makeup industry, that wasn't my authentic self. That was who I was programmed to be because of the environment that I grew up in, the trauma that I had when I was a kid, you know? So when I do see people who are walking through that in life, I'm like, wow. That's not who they are. We were not born to be these cutthroat people, these angry people. That's not how we we're born. We were born to love. And then our environment, our households or whatever, because you're only as good as your environment and it's your responsibility. It's no longer your parents' fault because keep in mind, this is one thing I always like to tell people. They want to blame their parents. Well, my parents should have known better. I'm like, and I'm looking at them like, how old are you right now? They're like 40. I'm like, do you know better? Okay. No. So why is it your parents' responsibility? Now you're grown. It's your responsibility now to start diving in deeper to what really transpired instead of blaming your parents. Your parents were a product of their environment. And it's generational, you know? So it's it's mind-blowing. I have forgiven my parents. I mean, I used to think that way, too. That's why I'm talking like that. You know, well, my parents should have known better. I'm like, really? Because your parents got it even 10 times worse than you did they were better for you which was not great but they were better that means theirs was really messed up you know so that that is another thing that you know you got to take full responsibility and that that is one thing i learned because i had so many situations come up and i wanted to blame the other party boyfriend a friend of 18 years that i ended the relationship with i wanted to blame her but once i woke up and i took 100 percent responsibility for everything that happened in my adult life is when things started to change.
0: It's always somebody else's fault. But I think there's so much more strength in taking that accountability. Well, what was my role in it? And also in trying to understand, like you said, that your parents' situation, maybe that had an impact on them, which then impacted how they were towards you. But having... There's this misconception in business that you have to be cutthroat and you have to be ruthless. And I find that being compassionate gets me way further because I don't jump to the conclusion that this person meant this or said that or they did this because of something that has to do with me. Because I think 99% of the time, other people's actions don't have anything to do with me. And so being able to accept that, that I may have interpreted it this way, but that's probably not their intention. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And perhaps that can make me naive at times, but I'm willing to accept that because I want to find the good in people. I want to believe that their intentions are good and maybe they're just a little confused or stressed or something is going on in their lives that they're projecting has nothing to do with me. So I will be kind to them in return and do what I need to do while also honoring those boundaries, because I think those are very important too, (laughs) so.
1: Honestly, what you just said is the most powerful, you keep all your power because you don't react. So really, this is really interesting because I was a reactor. I have been a reactor my whole life because of my environment and my growth and things like that. And let me be honest with you, and I like to share this because when I left my last eight-year relationship, I was like, it's his fault. He was this, he was that. I mean, I could name off a million different things of why we didn't work out. But once I sat with myself, once the noise was gone, once he left, I finally got to sit myself and I said, Girl, you were so angry. You had anger issues when you were with him. This guy pulled out, he knew how to push a button and I would go from zero to a million. Like, I was just like fire, hot, red, angry, frustrated, whatever. I mean, he, I don't, nobody's ever been able to poke me like that. And it wasn't until that moment, I was like, what was your role in this? I signed up for anger management after we broke up. I went to an anger management course and I got books and I started to say, I didn't like who I was, how I reacted, regardless of how he came at me. I had no power. I gave my power away every single time. And that bothered me. I didn't like that because I want to know who I am, be in control of who I am. That is the real power. So it's not naive. And I want you to take that right out of your vocabulary. I want you to replace that with it's powerful. I'm power because that is what that is. And people think that's weakness, honey, but it's not. And so I, I really admire that. That's what I'm, that's who I am becoming. So that's good.
0: So maybe how you say that you're magical. I'll start saying I'm powerful. How yeah. are you today? I'm powerful. As that works. Yeah. I'm going to take it.
1: <laughs> and Exactly. And I like that, how that resonated with you, but what are people going to say about that? They're like, Oh, they're taken back, but that becomes your identity. That becomes who you are. And people are going to come at you differently, not basic, you know, cause you're going to come with that. So they're going to, it's going to actually, I always like thought provoking conversations. So when people are like, I am magic, there was one time I said it to somebody and he actually goes, really? Well, what about what happened? Only one person's asked me that most people just kind of go, Okay, they like don't even know what to say. <laughs> so when you're like, I'm powerful, you know, it's kind of like, that's amazing. Oh, I want to be powerful, <laughs> you know?
0: It but works. Yeah. And then one thing I wanted clarification on, just because I think it's useful to a lot of people what does it mean to live purposefully? Ooh, I like that. Um, I also like thought-provoking conversations.
1: (laughs) I I know. It just gets me going. I love it. So if you look at my Instagram, in fact, I'm going to have to look at it because I can't think right now off of it, but it used to say makeup artist at the top. Now it says that I'm a sass goddess, a divine femininity goddess, and that my passion is living a purposeful life. Okay. Living purposely, I believe, is a life of service helping others we are not put on this earth to just come here and acquire cars and houses and things and and things like that so to me my passion is living purposely is to what can I do for others how can I help somebody that to me just fills my soul up and it feels like I have a life of purpose there's a reason why I'm put on this earth there's a there's a reason why I'm the light out there when in the darkness of of 2020 or whatever you know And when I get people telling me, like, thank you so much, you know, with you living in your purpose and and living your purpose also means knowing who you are, your authentic self. And when you know who you are and your authentic self, you're going to find your purpose, whatever that is. That's what's happened for me. And that's how I know that that is the truth.
0: I love that. If you had one piece of advice for other self-employed creatives out there, what would it be? Stop thinking.
1: Stop overthinking of what could go wrong. Stop overthinking about what somebody else may think. Just because you want to do, be a life coach and you have a, a friend that's doing the same thing, who cares? Just because you want to start your own makeup line and, you know, somebody else has already done it, those are all lies. So for me, my biggest advice is get out of your head get into your body and start doing what feels good if it feels good that is a roadmap your body is a roadmap your mind will give up before your body will your mind will ruin everything before your body will so you know when i hiked my mount kilimanjaro the mindset was you you can tell yourself that you're gonna make it or you can sit there and go oh my i mean i mean there were times i had moments but the biggest thing was, is like, I realized is that my mindset would have given up before my body. Again, it goes back into just being, stop trying to create problems, start flowing through the day. And I'm going to tell you, that's when the magic happens. That's when start things start coming to you and you'd start, going, well, that feels good. Oh, oh yeah, this thought came in. That's where creativity and play and learning comes about. So I was like, get out of your head and get into your body. That is, that is my best advice. Everyone needs to be more out of their heads. <laughs>
0: I think I more people, to that
1: <laughs> Yeah. I think if more people were into their bodies and, you know, more into their feelings and more into what feels good versus creating all this problems, the world would be a lot better of a place, you know, and, and meditation. And let me tell you something. Meditation isn't just sitting there, closing your eyes, trying to empty your mind. Meditation is dancing. Meditation is stretching. Meditation is focusing on a sunset with the clouds and turning the clouds. I had a friend send me a, a picture of a cloud. And I was like, Oh, that looks like a question mark. He goes, Oh, it looks like Casper the ghost. I'm like, Oh, what about, it looks like this. We literally had a conversation about this cloud. And you know what I said to him? I said, you know what? This is a perfect way to meditate because we got into creative play over a cloud photo. And and it took me away from any kind of things that I was creating and Problems and my day, and it just took me into that meditation state for that moment. So, I think that the idea that people think meditation is you have to sit in a room and empty your mind that's no. So, I meditate all day long, whether I'm doing my hair. And, and the thing is, is what I like to teach people it's like, you know, when I do my intuitive life coaching, they have to do their hair, makeup, and get ready. I mean, if they wear makeup, whatever, it's not about that, it's about them. And I just said, I want you to take that time to yourself. No distractions, and know that you know. If our appointment's a half an hour, I want you to take a half an hour to yourself, with without any distractions. And I want you to get into your body. I want you to do your hair, and anytime your mind wanders, I want you to come back to your hair and be like, "Oh, I like this curl," or because that's the mental practice. Doing your eyeshadow, I want you to take that time because we'll sit there and do things and be like, "Oh," and you're not present. I like to, people to be in the present, which is re- what I believe is really important. What a lot of people are lacking—they think that meditation. You could just be sitting down being content and just enjoying music. That's meditation. It's being present.
0: It's being in the moment. It's such a hard thing for some people to find, but I agree with you wholeheartedly because that's, I think, where that magic or where that power is. It's being in the present moment because that's that's all we really have, right? It's the moment that we're in right now because we can't change what's happened. We don't know what will happen. The only thing that we have control. And it's not even really control, but all we really have is the moment we're in right now. And I like that I'm in this moment getting to talk to you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. And I always say this, the future is now. The future is one minute from now. The future is 10 minutes from now. You don't, you know, and the biggest thing I always said is like, I don't know if I'm going to be around next week when people are like, oh, what are you going to do about that next week? And I'm like, you know, I'll cross that bridge when it comes. I'm not even worried about that right now, which is really quite funny because I'll be like getting an email for a job in September. I, and this is a true story. I got a job for a thing in September. I think I kind of skipped the email. I think I maybe read it. And I think, oh, I'll get back to her. Well, two weeks later, just a couple of days ago, she was like, hey, did you get my email? I'm like, September? <laughs> oh my god, that's so far away. But back in the day when I was in that, oh, I got to book it on my calendar. I'm a makeup artist. I'm a freelancer. I go, oh, it's tidy up. Now I'm like, I live 24 hours at a time. I'm in the present moment as... Constantly as possible, so people are like, "Song, did you get the thing? What are we doing?" I got. I don't even know what we're doing. I'm not doing it tomorrow. I literally live in the present moment as much as possible. That is where the magic happens, and this is why I want to help people not look at meditation as, "Oh, I have to sit in a room." How about meditation it could just be your drawing or your coloring or your singing or you're listening to music? You know. So I want to encourage it as more play and being in the moment versus. I have to set aside this time, just sit down and empty my mind because the, I can't do that. I don't do that. I try.
0: I always think about a sandwich or something. It always goes to food with me. <laughs> so it's like, I think I'm perpetually hungry. <laughs> so, oh my God. That's so that's, cute. I love it. That's what happens. So where can people find you out in social media or if they want to work with you?
1: I am on Instagram as makeup by song, TikTok makeup by song. Facebook, I have a business account that's make it by song, or you can just find me on my personal page and follow that. And it's under song Julianne Lopez.
0: And yeah, pretty streamlined in that. That's where you are being all magical. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time with me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm just, I'm really appreciative that you've taken this opportunity
0: with me. So thank you.